2: This is the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin.
1: Hey, everybody! It's John Halpin. Welcome to the Monday, October 9th edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Sponsored by FanBall. Um, with me today is my colleague Derek Van Riper. Like every Monday morning, we review Sunday, and um, what a big bummer of a Sunday injury-wise. It just really just uh, awful, a couple of awful injuries.
2: Yeah, Beckham and, and J.J. Watt kind of leading the way. And you talk about two stars of the game. I know the Giants are having a, a rough year, but Beckham was the, the one thing you could enjoy about watching the Giants. His season appears to be over. I don't know if they ever confirmed that last night, but I, I mean, they're 0-5 and that's an injury that requires some surgery. There could be some ligament damage. Watt, you know, a, a huge player, of course, for the Texans defense. Uh, especially it feels even worse after you know, the charity work, the money he just raised yep. in the wake of the hurricane in Houston, too. Like th- that's just cruel, just pure cruelty that he is. He's out. Right. I,
1: I agree. And as far as Beckham, I, I think that sort of confirms for the Giants that you just uh, it's so funny that we thought a team in New York was going to tank for the first
2: pick. It just we got the wrong one. Well, yeah. And, and if you think about quarterbacks and long term, I mean, Eli Manning is one of those guys that he isn't real great anymore. He's kind of average at best. Right. And I think this has argued for years now, probably three years that Beckham kind of just carries Eli along. He kind of makes Eli look passable in last season, 6.7 YPA for Eli, 6.6 so far this year thinking about playing 11 games without Odell Beckham, it'd be hard to imagine that number actually going up.
1: You'd be interested in, in the time since yesterday's game, which is as we're recording is 17 hours. The amount of times I've heard from my friends in New York, I think they should put Davis Webb in now. Come on, That's how really? Frustrated people. I know. And I'm going, well, they like, well, we got to see how good he is. I went, well, you have to see how good he is. I think the Giants probably know. <laughs> you know, they see him every day. Just because you haven't seen him doesn't mean they haven't. Yeah. But yeah, uh, who cares? Blow it up. Kill. I mean, I'm I'm on the blow it up train for them, but that's a little extreme in week six, I would think.
2: Eli is kind of like the boring continuity. I mean, but two Super Bowls, too. Right. So there's there's not much to complain about if you're a Giants fan with regard to Eli Manning. At this point in his career, it's time to realize that like this could be the last season you have them i I don't know what the contract uh, looks like as far it's bad enough where they can't cut them i I, I looked this
1: up a couple of weeks ago that if they cut if they cut them next off this coming off season it's still bad they almost have to wait one more year or
2: else it's a disaster could they keep them draft somebody have that somebody take over and then you know just have them around as veteran backup yeah i mean suppose you could it would create a weird situation but i suppose you could i mean, so. you look, look at him he's he's not he's not the same player he was earlier in his career not even close i mean no nobody at 36 plays the way they do when they were 28 right
1: and the rest of them i, I tell you i i as a as a guy who grew up a giants fan i would like i think i should write josh mcdaniel's a, a
2: card every day between now and january something just you hey how are you Everything good? You, you think that'll do it? You think it'll it just takes some friendly Giants fans to, uh, t- to assure him that going to New York, he won't get crushed <laughs> if it like goes to, wrong?
1: I would like to think so, yeah. And supposedly, and Belichick has a soft spot for the – still has a soft spot for the Giants. So, like, where other teams he'd be looking to screw them, I don't know that he'd feel that way about the Giants.
2: Huh. Because well, of the
1: background mean, with the Maras and all that.
2: So, quick off-the-wall thought, I mean, Belichick's not exactly what I would describe as young anymore. Right he could leave when Brady leaves. Brady could leave pretty much any time. Is McDaniel just going to wait and take over that job? Maybe after Belichick. I mean, maybe, yeah. Who knows what they've talked about,
1: but I think that that's absolutely a possibility. Um, and you know, if you like it there, you think the crafts are good ownership, you know, when, when things pass from generation and all that. Yeah, that's that. I would think that was, that's in the cards somehow it's, but it's possible.
2: It um, could be the could be the first choice if, if it's even up to him. I mean, maybe, maybe they don't want him as a head coach long term. Maybe they like him working with Belichick and they don't like him as a head coach leader type. I have no idea. Just, right. just the thought that you, maybe you turn down uh, other jobs that come up because that's one of the three best jobs in the league. I would, I would assume. Right.
1: Um, all right. I got Eli's cap money for this. See, I don't know if this when it says dead cap 2017. I don't know if that's this offseason or this last offseason. Dead cap thirty two million. Next off season it would be, I think it's after season would be twelve million. So I think this coming off season will be the thirty two.
2: That is brutal. That is yeah, brutal. It, it it does drop off a lot. So yeah, it yeah. looks like after twenty eighteen, so they're gonna get out of that. Right. Anyway.
1: On to better subjects. <laughs> um, we need to thank Fanball for sponsoring the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Check them out now, fanball.com. On Twitter, Derek's at Derek Van Riper. I'm at Jay Huppen, 37 We're also at RotoWire and at RotoWire NFL for newsfeed. Um, and we're on Facebook where we do so. Tim Heaney did Facebook Live uh, before the game. We've got them throughout the week. You should check them out. Um, all right, let's, just, let's go through the games from yesterday. It's so funny. I went through and I'm looking at box scores. And, I, and look, we're Monday morning. We haven't watched all the tape or all the highlights or even the condensed or whatever it's it's kind of early reactions <laughs> Bill's Bengals I'm going from what I know that came on is there anything to talk about <laughs> Charles yeah, playing
2: hurt maybe that sucks for them too like they're already thin with with the lack of pass catchers there I, I think AJ Green kind of had the game that some people were expecting Julio to have last week against the Bills right uh you know the Bills corners could be pretty good but I think the question about them is how are they going to handle The elite, the the most, I guess, oversized number one receivers, like the corners are a little small. So that's the that's the matchup nightmare. And it's a a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams. So it's not a knock on them so much as it's a, hey, look, their secondary is improved. But when they face Green and Julio and Jordy Nelson, if that ever comes up, you know, stuff like that, that's going to be kind of the issue. But the Bengals are still. They're still a weird team I And mean, Andy Dalton over nine yards per attempt. That's really nice to see, but that was just green being awesome at a 77 yard catch in this game. The running game at least is leveling out. Joe Mixon, 15 carries Jeremy Hill four. Yeah. Bernard had two. I, I, I'm glad the presence of Bill laser as the offensive coordinator has at least brought us to the point where we're no longer looking at that as, as three guys sharing carries. It's basically one lead back with just two veterans that, Get the occasional carry.
1: Yep. It's fine. Yeah, we've settled. It's, it's at week five, and this, this is kind of working out the way people thought it would. And you look at Mixon's numbers yesterday, and you're not excited about them, but workload-wise, you're fine. And you know that they played a tough defense, so the yardage is probably going to come. I mean, their line's still shaky, but um, things should get better there. All right, Jets-Browns. The Jets are 3-2. and two. I mean, this, this is stunning to me. It really is. I didn't think there's any. Ch- I think three wins was that. Was, that was an outside. If someone would have said before the season, "Hey, do you think the Jets will get the three wins?" I, I would have went. I don't know. That's that's maybe. And they're there by October eighth, so good for them. Fantasy wise, another game. Um, Powell injury. I, I, we don't know how serious it is, but uh, Elijah McGuire got the got the work. Um, I think Austin Safarian Jenkins is the guy to talk about in this game. I mean, the stats weren't huge, but the. He had the attention of Josh McCown.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think he's benefiting from a pretty weak group of pass catchers overall. Uh, eight targets. It's almost double what everybody else got. I mean, Robbie Anderson had five, I didn't do much with him. Curly and Curtis had four each. I think with Austin Severian Jenkins, he's always had the talent. But why has it taken him so long to put it together?
1: Well, he's had personal issues, right? Wasn't he, I mean, drinking? Was that what it was?
2: I think that's what it was. I think I think it's been that plus other problems with the coaching staff in Tampa Bay. You know, just just never never really seemed to fit in as well as he could or should have. Right. Especially there where he didn't have to be the guy. He was part of a pretty productive system potentially. And it just never it never clicked. But the thing that surprises me the most about the Jets thinking about what happened this week with Jacksonville going into Pittsburgh and just beating up on the Steelers. How did the Jets beat the Jags I, just <laughs> jet lag from the London trip? I mean, w- what can we attribute that to I, I like Bortles being still pretty crappy and eh. the Jets defense maybe being a little better than we thought. I mean, like what's, what's the explanation for that week Four win over Jacksonville, like beating Cleveland in Cleveland and barely doing it. Eh, that's a, that, that's a coin flip ugly game that could have gone either way right. for me like going think,
1: in. I think that, I mean, I I, I want to chalk that up to just weird league, because you know I was saying something similar yesterday. I was watching the Panthers, and they until the Lions started running hurry up in the fourth quarter, the Panthers pretty much dominated them, right in Detroit. And I'm watching them going, how did these guys get blown out by the Saints at home? You know, how yeah, did, it, like, how did that happen? It's like a different team two weeks later, and it's you know it it happens. It's you know you throw in a clunker and. Uh, I don't I don't know that there needs to be any big reasons, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And I do think with the Jags, you're, you they're always capable of with Bortles of imploding on offense. I think yesterday, I, what did he throw, 15 times? Or something yeah, like that. I and, that a lot. and I think that Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone probably think that's fantastic. They're probably looking back. Oh, God, I wish we
2: could do that every week. They're they're definitely looking at uh, a lot of tape from Saturdays and, and thinking, how are we going to fix this? How are we going to have a quarterback next year? Because we have the running game, you know, we're we're going to have a chance to add to the receiving core. And even if you didn't, Hearns and Lee with an average quarterback would be you know, top twenty as far as a receiving candidate. They're not they're not awful, right? They're but but Bortles makes them look awful. I mean, you yeah. know, I don't I don't think Allen Robinson being out there would help that much I think Bortles is just that bad so if you're a Jags fan like you're cautiously optimistic you're three and two your team's playing well despite the fact that you don't throw it because your defense is good and your running back is awesome is that sustainable though is that just the recipe for seven and nine or eight and eight
1: it, it might be you're gonna, need, you're gonna need to take a step forward on offense somewhere for to to, to take the next step in general and and I think you're right. I mean it might be seven it might be nine and seven but it's not going to be you know, it, it's not going to get you over that hump. Um, oh, maybe Tom Coughlin can bring Eli down. What do you think? How about that?
2: Would that be an upgrade? Overboard. Yeah, it, it's an upgrade. So <laughs> right. it, how much of an upgrade is it? Keep in mind, you don't get to bring Beckham with him. So it, it's, it's just 36-year-old Eli without that, that dynamic, amazing number one receiver that makes ridiculous plays.
1: Right. You get Allen Robinson back next
2: year. Huh. I don't know. I think, I think I he's a he's a free agent. I think he and Devonte Adams like that draft class. Those guys are all running out of their rookie deals. Got it. But Eli to Jacksonville would be interesting. And if you're the Jags, if you're the Giants. Uh, the, the 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 cap's going to be the problem, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad. I, I just I don't know. If, I don't know if that that deal can be traded even right without that issue. But that's the kind of thing the Jags actually probably should do if they don't like make that cap situation even worse. Right, because now they're too, they're too good to draft high in
1: the first round for a quarterback.
2: So now Eli has no trade clause, too. Do you think he'd, he'd wave to go uh, to Jacksonville? Yeah, probably not. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, forget that. <laughs> um, Panthers-Lions, back to them. Okay, so uh, not to rain on the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey got his first touchdown yesterday. That play, that was a pretty play. Did you see it? Really? I actually did not see oh, that play yet. you got to see it. It's, the play design was just excellent. It was it was it was a little shovel pass from about the, I don't know three yard line five yard line whatever it was. I'm watching the video
2: literally right now. I'm
1: going to give it. you a second to watch it. You, do, I'll uh, I'll just talk while you're watching the video.
2: Keep talking but, for ten extra seconds because there's an ad that's still playing.
1: Oh, got it. Um, so Ed Dixon
2: is a superstar tight end now. Um, that's that's the game I thought he was going to have against the Saints. Remember when I said there's, right. if there's ever a week for Ed Dixon, it's against the Saints, and it mm. didn't happen. He's wide
1: open. Literally, they just basically said, "Well, we're not going to cover this guy." That's what it looked like, anyway. Um, so that was just, you know, five for one seventy five. We should not count on that every week, but they're going to throw a little to the tight end. I, I thought all along that Dixon with Olsen out, he's not going to do this obviously, but Dixon would be a four catch for 50 yard kind of guy,
2: which in by weeks
1: you can get a touchdown sometimes. And in by weeks you could do worse.
2: So. I thought that was a possibility and this is a nice play design. I don't know how you'd really stop this because if you do this, you run this play to the right, when Cam could actually just like kind of rotate his hips and just throw the ball if you wanted to, to a tight end or something. Right. It's like, it's like an option where you have two different guys you can pitch to because one is the outside pitch to Stewart and one's like the inside shovel to McCaffrey. That's a really nice play design.
1: And, and they had the Curtis Samuel on the fake uh, reverse in the beginning of it going the other way. It was a really interesting. Folks, if you haven't seen McCaffrey's touchdowns, check it out. Um, speaking of McCaffrey, though. This is if you're in a standard league, I know he scored yesterday and saved you if you started. This is not working. It's just not working. They won't run him. You know, it's not working out other lines. You know, maybe maybe it's because the line's not good enough. But he's just not getting the ball for and for all the the talk they did about how he he he's a good runner, too, which, you know, maybe in a different situation, he might be. This is in a standard league. I would not be happy about starting this guy every week.
2: It's a lot like starting Duke Johnson right now in a standard league. You have you have a couple of these running backs right now that are. I I don't think the roles changed a lot, but it's changed enough where the floor compared to where it was a few years ago with some of the pass catching specialists has gone up because teams do scheme different differently than they used to, and with that you kind of get these specialists that do more. I mean Duke Johnson's caught 23 passes in five games this season, so he's probably going to go over 70 catches. And he hasn't carried the ball more than six times in a game. It was a season high against the Jets this week. So they made a quarterback change, by the way. Kaiser yep. got yanked at halftime, and it wasn't because of migraines or anything like that. And then Kevin Hogan played kind of well. Like, I would assume Hogan starts for them as a result of that. I would, too. You have to think that now because Kaiser and
1: basically they gave Kaiser the chances. I mean, after five games, I think they kind of got fed up and said this just we just can't do
2: this anymore because he's been so bad. Which is unfortunate. Like it what's one of the outcomes when you start a rookie quarterback on a bad team, it can go totally wrong and go off the rails. Yep. And Hogan's not going to necessarily help them win half of the remaining games or anything. But if he's not making as many mistakes, at least then you have a feel for, hey, do we do we get other parts of our season right? Did we do we evaluate these other positions correctly? At least he's going to keep you in some games with, with Kaiser, man. I, I thought he'd be a little better than this. I, I think there are flashes, but if you're the Browns, yeah, you, you, you give Hogan at least a week or two to see if he actually is going to be able to do more because he did a lot more in the second half than we saw from Kaiser.
1: Yeah. And man, are the people in, are the pe- frustrated people in Cleveland reminding them about Carson Wentz right now? Boy, oh, yeah. Boy,
2: boy. But would Carson Wentz be Carson Wentz in Cleveland?
1: Uh, he'd be he'd be an upgrade. He he. I think he'd be a guy you could look at and say that's
2: our guy. Even I, if he was I, I agree. I agree with it because I mean he's got better tools or, or more developed tools as a quarterback right now than Kaiser does. But then, I mean, like the Eagles right now, part of what makes them so interesting is the combination of players they have. I mean, El- Elshon Jeffrey is a true number one. Ertz has been awesome at yeah. tight end. Mm-hmm. Torrey Smith is just one of those burners downfield he's probably a lot like a like a Ted Ginn type based on how he's used right like last year Ted Ginn is kind of what Torrey Smith could be if everything goes right if he's not dropping balls and if Wentz finds him on those those big plays Uh, and then Nelson Aguilar is is pretty good too you you think about the Browns with Corey Coleman hurt that group of pass catchers is pretty bad it's terrible Kenny Brake got scratched yesterday he was a healthy scratch yesterday (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's going to get released. He's he's not going to be, he's not going to be there all season. Like if, if he's getting the healthy scratch in week five, I didn't even, I didn't even realize that. I didn't look uh, at the Browns. Sorry.
1: Sorry. Not, he was inactive and there was a groin injury that had him. I thought he was a healthy scratch. I I apologize.
2: I don't have him anywhere, and I didn't have any assignments to check that game. So I was blissfully unaware that Kenny Britt was not out there uh, yesterday, but, uh, yeah, the the Corral Duke thing is is kind of same as it's been all season. I mean, we talked about the Jets as a matchup that was actually pretty good for Crowell, I think. And he did a little better, but still not catching that many passes because of Duke Johnson. Maybe things start to go better for both Crowell and Johnson as a whole because Hogan elevates them just slightly. But I, I still have very limited expectations for the Browns offense.
1: Yep. Um, all right. And one more thing, back to the Panthers Devin Funches stepping up He's uh, seven catches two weeks in a row Caught another touchdown yesterday Last four weeks, sorry about the bracket outside everybody um, Last four weeks he is up to 33 targets last four weeks 27 in the last three he's, uh, he's, He has become a favorite now that Greg Olson's out So uh, Devin Funches folks If, you, if you, somehow you can still get him, please do so um 49ers in the Colts. So Carlos Hyde, did Carlos Hyde get benched? Like they kind of used no him. Idea. They took him out. They just it said he sounds like he be he, the health was fine.
2: They just decided to
1: start running Matt Breida.
2: It's I thought we were way past the well, the Niners were gonna cut Carlos Hyde. Base. Yes. I hope we find out today something came up. Quad, Hammy, calf, something. Because if you're a Carlos Hyde owner, he looked so good for the first yeah. four weeks. And if they just pulled the plug on him healthy in week five because they didn't like the way he ran on eight carries mm-hmm. against the Colts, that's, that's insane. According – I'm
1: reading the blurb on, on Rotowire. Kyle Shanahan said he was merely going with the hot hand and that the decision had nothing to do with the hip injury that had nagged Hyde lately. Mm. Right?
2: Crazy. I don't have him I don't have him. I didn't. I do. I didn't avoid him, but I didn't target him. So he, naturally, there I didn't were a get couple him. of
1: leagues. He fell fourth round. He fell me. I'm going. Oh, okay, I'll take him here. I mean, He might be a lead back, a true one. Wow,
2: and what what a gut punch though! If you, if you started him yesterday and hot hand Matt Breida comes in and takes ten of his carries. I mean, I, Hyde should have had all eighteen of those carries. There's no. There was no reason in that game. It was a close game. There was no reason to run Matt Breida instead of Carlos Hyde. But he ran well. Yeah, yeah, he played him. I mean, it's it's the goofy thing about small sample sizes. You know, anybody can do well for 10 carries or not do well for 10 carries.
1: Um, The other one in that game, the running backs on the other side, too. Um, Marlon Mack made a little noise. I don't think they're going to, you know, we are not at ditch Frank Gore but we know that Frank Gore kind of is somewhat limited at his age and while he still will probably you know we're going to get it to the end of the year and he'll have seven or eight touchdowns somehow um Marlon Mack looks like he's going to start making an impact that he's going to get his he's going to get his is the best way to put it
2: yeah so I have Marlon Mack I think in one league it's the fishbowl actually Mm -hmm. and I still somehow with a quarterback off didn't even have him in my lineup yesterday. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I was scrambling for help and I think I played, Oh, I hope, I hope I didn't do that. Did I play set the valve over Marlon Mack? If I did that, that was a terrible call. Oh boy. Really? I don't think I did that. I hope I have not. to, I got to verify that boy, that that's a, that's a terrible call. That's what I did. <laughs> I, I mean, I looked at it and I thought, well, okay, you know, they're, they're going up against the Jets. The Browns make you score some points. The valve gets targets, max the backup, but not nah, play. Play the backup running back over the crappy tight end every right. time because the the backup running back could easily just vulture a TD or on one of his carries break one and, and find the end zone. Like clearly there's way more that could go right. <laughs> getting away from the bad tight end.
1: All right. My last one I played. I, I don't know if I told you. I think I told Tim I played Jacoby Brissett in the league yesterday and it worked out OK not terrible he didn't throw any touchdowns but he ran for one so we're you
2: know it is what it is this um, game wasn't as wild as advertised but it was pretty exciting when you look back at it i it mean was. 94 yards for garcon on an eight seven for 177 for ty hilton mm-hmm. george Kittle, it, really, yeah Kittle's Kittle showing up
1: he's he's doing okay he's 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 the guy that you know the 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 sleeper moderately productive tight end that people kind of hoped you'd be. That if you were in a tight end heavy league somehow that he was going to be your second tight end that he's he's all right. So, um, Titans, Dolphins. Uh, Devontae Parker hurt. We don't know how serious. They, it sounds like they said it wasn't serious but then he left the stadium on crutches. We don't want to read too much into that now so we'll have to see what happens. Um, anyone who started Derek Henry got just Killed. There's another one. There's another game. I'm looking at this going. I, I don't know what there is to talk about. You can't take much from Tennessee because Castle played. The Dolphins are... They're bad. Their offense is just... Jay Cutler's bad. I. I, I can Can we make that switch if we're the Dolphins? I don't want to see... I, if I'm on the Dolphins, I don't want to see Jay Cutler anymore.
2: Release him? I don't Trade know. Trade him to the Jags?
1: But Matt Moore's not awful. We've talked about this before. Yeah. But they said now, okay, Miami Herald reports... He, he's unlikely bench. Jay is way down
2: on the list of things going wrong. Said Adam Gase. Okay. i uh, sure. Really? I mean, I, that's, is that possible that gaze was the one that was like banging down the door trying to get Jay. And now that he's not playing well, he has to defend it to save his own job. That'd, Maybe that makes sense. I mean, gaze had Cutler before as an offensive coordinator. So, I would assume he wanted him because he knew what he was getting or thought he knew what he was getting. But, hey, congrats to the Titans for getting a great performance out of their backup quarterback, Matt Castle, with the old 4.4 YPA. <laughs> so that's the, their, their decision to have him as their backup is still dumber than me playing set the valve over Marlon Mack in the fishbowl, which it wouldn't have mattered. I, I'm losing. I'm, I'm getting crushed this week. I had a lot of things go wrong. So okay. that didn't even matter. And supposedly what
1: well, there was a report that Kaepernick's reps reached out to the Titans. And they said no.
2: Yeah, exactly. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> we're set. We're good. We got Matt Castle. Yep. We're we're fine. If Mariota breaks again, we're we're good. We got a guy that started some games six years ago. And and just for anyone you know, this if this discussion
1: I know some people get aggravated at this this angle on the discussion, but if you don't want your team to get Kaepernick, and that Kaepernick's not a superstar either. You don't want your team to have him, that's fine. But if you would rather have Matt castle start over them kind of don't get mad if they lose right
2: I think it's weird because I think people will pretty much overlook anything within a player to to have them help their team and this seems to be for others for some people out there this is worse than a lot of things players have done that are actually like criminal behavior like yes. that's that's what blows my mind about it but right. yeah i'm not I'm not gonna beat the point to the ground it's just I, I see this every week. We look at these box scores. We watch these players. We watch these backups, especially. And you're thinking like, come on. Maybe part of this is because I'm a Packer fan. And I've seen Colin Kaepernick kill the Packers in huge games. But I'm, I, I look at the numbers. I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm not looking at some small bias of games that were important to me as a fan and overblowing that as something that doesn't exist. I mean, even last year when that team was awful, he actually, in the context of a bad team, was great overall, was just good. But I, I, just, I don't understand how there's not a single team out there that's like, you know what? He, he has the right to do this, and we don't care. We want to win. Because like, they do that with everything else that people shouldn't do. Yes,
1: that's I, – I agree. and I, Like I said, I'm with – I get the – if you don't want the circus, fine. And if people, you know, on on the principle of the issue, they don't want them. I I, I get it. I do. I mean, I'm kind of, I don't share the, you, you know, the anger about it. You I mean, I know, I, I'll I be honest with you. I don't like it. I mean, I kind of go, you know, hey, I, I wouldn't kneel. But it's not, it, you know, this issue is not affecting me personally either. So, you know, and I am like, I, I don't want to say I'm ambivalent. But, you know, I'm not angry about it. If my team signed Colin Kaepernick, I wouldn't be mad. I just, and I, but if I saw people dealing for the, you know, for the flag, I, I wouldn't. I'm not thrilled. That's all. But it, if you're signing, it, you know, people when it comes to a guy smacking around his wife or his girlfriend, and people go, "Oh, I guess I don't know if we should sign that guy," but Colin Kaepernick, oh no, we can't. Well,
2: <laughs> come on. I mean, Joe Mixon punched a woman in the face in the on face. video. Yes, we we saw it. Yes, he got punished for it. He did, and at, at a certain point, when you do something wrong after you. Are punished, you should be able to get a second chance in a lot of cases and everything. That's. I get that. I believe in all that. But I, I just don't understand why this is actually so different. Right. I, I, I'm with you. And uh,
1: please send the hate tweets to Halpin 37 or at Dirk Van Riper on Twitter. I barely
2: read Twitter, as I said, Friday. <laughs> I, had a, I had an amazing <laughs> Sunday. So t- go ahead, tweet, tweet the shade. I mean, again, I, we're not going to spend time on this all the time. I just you have to be furious. If you're a fan of a team with a bad quarterback, yep. that is such a stupid reason to not have a better one.
1: I mean, yeah, like I said, if, and if that's your hill to die on, for lack of a better term, just when your team loses, okay, you had an option, right? And again, enjoy, Colin, Colin Kaepernick is not Matt Aaron Rodgers, but enjoy Matt Castle. Exactly. Um, all right. Most of you have tried daily fantasy sports games, and I already know how it went for you. You had fun playing, you loved the competition, and you lost and lost and lost some more. Um, the Sharks were so good that you lost so much you quit playing daily fantasy sports. But playing daily fantasy is supposed to be fun. We're here to tell you about a whole new approach today to daily fantasy sports called the fanball number at fanball.com. Here's the fanball difference. Your fanball number identifies your skill level, and it ensures that you play in contests against players at your skill level. If your fanball number is, say, 35, you're not going to be playing against experts rated in the 80s and 90s because they have their own contests. Fanball.com, every player has a fanball number, and every contest has a fanball number. So you can find a contest rated around that 35, and you'll know that it'll have players just like you. They've leveled the playing field with the fanball number at fanball.com. Have more fun and a better chance to win. Fanball.com. All right, Chargers-Giants. We talked about Beckham. Um, Brandon Marshall got hurt. Stoney Shepard got hurt. Can, can Evan Engram get 25 targets in week six? You think? That'd be awesome.
2: He, right? he is on my fishbowl team, and he's the <laughs> other guy that I started over, Marlon Mack, and he gave me nothing. Yep. Nothing. Z- zero. Four targets, no catches.
1: I, and I would, But that, that sh- shouldn't scare people away, right? That he got into zero production yesterday. If you're an Engram owner, you were so excited before yesterday because it had been going so well, and yesterday was a goose egg, and you go, oh. God,
2: What do I do? Given that uh, it sounds like Shepard's going to need at least two weeks before he's back. Beckham may not come back at all. And if he does, it's several weeks away. And uh, Marshall's got an ankle sprain, so he may hobble out there and try to play through it. They lost Dwayne Harris, too. I mean, they got crushed by injuries at wide receiver. So, yeah, Ingram, eight targets a game going forward. Oh, yeah. I mean, that seems like a pretty it's kind of aggressive, but I, I don't think given the number of injuries they have i don't think it's that much of a stretch uh, i don't think so either i mean he's he, he could basically become
1: eli's go-to guy just because there's i don't know what else you do um the rest of this game uh the giants interesting running back deployment they uh, they sort of a timeshare bit with darkwa and wayne gallman which interesting anyway Darkwa's pretty good dark darkwa doesn't get enough respect
2: I'm not going to agree with you. Okay. <laughs> I think I think Orlean's dark. gets an appropriate amount of respect? Really? Yeah, okay. I, I, I think he's just a guy. I, I oh, mean, Gallman, fine. Gallman was was pretty good yesterday, too. He caught some passes over five yards per carry. If you if you get, if just given those eight carries to Gallman or four of them, you get Gallman to 15. And he's the one that scores the Wayne Gallman owners are feeling great today. But he, I have him a couple of places. I feel pretty good about him. I, I like I like what they were doing. What I don't like is that Shane Vereen still had five carries.
1: Yeah. And they, they put him in late when they were when they were winning, I think. And they needed to run a little clock and they put him in. I don't understand how that worked. So um, Darkwa actually got banged up a little bit. So he probably would have got more work because he started so well. But I mean, this guy, he's I don't know. I, I don't I, I disagree. I think maybe he's just a guy, but he's not a oh, no, we have to start Darkwood. I don't think it's awful.
2: No, no, no. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's like a two point five yards per carry embarrassment or anything like that. I think he's just a typical like third string running back who yeah. is OK. Like he can do some stuff behind a better offensive line. We probably like him more. Right. Uh, what's going on with the Giants run defense, by the way? I don't know. I don't
1: know. I mean, I watched, I watched that red zone was the extent of my watching yesterday. So I don't know. I know Vernon was out and that's a big deal.
2: Okay. Yeah. Contain. Um, yeah.
1: And Harrison's still terrific, but yeah, I don't know because their defense is not,
2: it, it's, it, it's,
1: it's been underwhelming because that was supposed to be a, a team that the defense was going to carry them. And it's not, and I know, and we talked earlier in the season about how they were on the field too much. Um, yesterday, I mean, just looking at time of possession, giants had the ball 30 is this right now i'm looking at the wrong game
2: hang on a second i'll go back to the giants see what the time of possession was but it's 30 31 45 for the chargers 28 15 for the giants
1: yeah so it's not i mean that's not in that one game the reason but yeah the defense has been underwhelming just generally so um i don't know so yeah evan ingram like okay cardinals eagles andre ellington if you are a ppr owner who got Andre Ellington a couple of weeks ago, this is just a jackpot that you got. He is, I'm looking at the way he's done the last couple of weeks. And game. the last two weeks, he's got nine receptions each game. He could lead running
2: backs in receptions the way he's going. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I loved Andre Ellington three years ago. And as a result, because I got burned so bad, I wasn't really optimistic about him. I didn't like how when they signed Chris Johnson, like just just added him to the roster right away and ran him a lot. Like I didn't like that for Ellington. Clearly, they don't want to hand the ball off to Andre Ellington. They're right. They're just avoiding that. Is, is he kind of does he fit into the conversation from before where he's kind of like a Duke Johnson type where he's just going to he's going to catch so many passes that in most leagues that's actually good enough?
1: I think so. I mean, you know, yesterday, yesterday, 10 targets last week, 14. And last week was a close game. Yesterday wasn't, so we can't just attribute it to game flow. All
2: right. Well let's let's have a let's have a quick conversation about PPR versus non PPR because this is this Andre Ellington line. Everybody out there who's never played PPR who hates it. This is why they don't want to play it. Right. right. Like the the nine catch sixty five yard game because in a standard league non PPR league six and a half points for Ellington. Yeah. Six point three if you give him the minus. Two yards that he had on the ground. Fine. Okay. So, all right. Is is that, does that fairly value what he did? Or is it 15.3 in full PPR? Or do you buy into the idea that the half point PPR, maybe for running backs especially, is the way to go? Like, should it be a hybrid where tight ends and receivers maybe get a little bit more because they have other things they have to do on the field? They don't get as many touches. Maybe they should get a full point PPR and backs because they're catching passes closer to the line of scrimmage. Maybe they'll get half because if you cut it in half, four and a half, six and a half is 11. 11 points for what he did makes more sense to me than 15 and a half. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good game in full PPR. I don't, I don't mind the,
1: the receptions getting more points. Like the, 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 the argument against full point PPR, I, just, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for it's different. It might not value what he does, but it's a different way to add scoring. It's fun. I mean, the way – for me, the way I look at fantasy football, the more, the more ways you have to score, the more fun it is. Like when I started right. this, I – you know, back in my day, you know, I had a notebook and I was tracking touchdowns. You know, all right, my guy, all I can do is touchdowns. That's all I can you – know, touchdowns, extra points, and field goals. And the passing touchdowns were three instead of six. And I wrote it in a notebook and I could read a box score and do it easily. And now with all these different ways I can keep tracking, we do yardage and, you know, percentages and things like that. Oh, great. Full point PPR. Fine. Good. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care if Andre Ellington is not as good as a, you know, a, a, a guy who ran for 70 yards and a touchdown. I don't care. It's fine with
2: me. So full point PPR. I'm all in. All right. So you're all in a full point. How do you feel about the fishbowl with the first downs? Cool. Another way to score. I, th- I think it's
1: you have to be a more serious player to try to execute that well because it adds a it adds complexity to try to figure out who's going to be good
2: but yeah i'm good more ways to score is fine because the interesting thing is that last week ellington caught nine passes in that game had 86 yards had five carries for 18 yards in the fishbowl he had 17.4 points last week mm-hmm. because it's first downs that i don't think you get anything for a catch he, it's just first downs 17.4 this week Nine for 65, the one carry minus two yards, 7.5 points. Okay. So it's a pretty big difference. But in, in a real context, you know, getting the first down is important. Yep. And on first down, getting the first seven yards towards the next first down matters. But it, 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 it's an interesting way to kind of push away from PPR, but then reward players for being involved in the plays that are more critical, more valuable to their team so I again I, I I'm used to full point PPR but I just I kind of wanted to bring it up because this this is this is the type of performance that people who don't like PPR get upset about sure I agree um and we know a lot of
1: them but yeah I'm fine with it, it this the, I I this doesn't cause me angst and I don't look and go oh Andre Ellington got a bunch of dump offs but because they're all catches he gets full point and that's not fair I
2: don't care about that yeah so. I, I try I try not to get that upset about fantasy I mean I, I realize I play in some leagues where at the end of the year, especially there are some big swings for a good amount of money, but there's only so much you can do. Right. <laughs> it's I, I think that ho- I hope that comes with experience for people. Like if like, I, 10 years ago when I was playing, I, I probably got furious about stuff that was happening yeah. every single week. And now I kind of just take it in stride. I'm just like, yeah, you know, sometime that stupid thing that just happened, that BS missed field goal that just cost me four points at the end of the game. It's going to help me. Someone else is going to miss a field goal and I'm going to win because of it. Right. Or that scoring correction. I was I was pretty uh, I'll admit this. I was pretty fired up last year. There was a scoring change on Yahoo for LaShawn McCoy. He must have had a a catch that they switched to uh, a a lateral. So he lost a half point and I had won by like a quarter or a third of a point. So once they put the scoring change and I lost for that week. Yeah. And even looking back, it changed everything about my season because I've still made the playoffs but I was seated lower than I would have been had of one that week. I played the team that scored the most in the first round. I would have played the other team and beat them. Everything would have been totally different without that scoring change. But That's one of a thousand things that could have been slightly different about my season that could have changed it one way or the other.
1: Yep. All right. Yeah, this is, I agree with you. You know, you kind of have to roll with the punches a little bit on this stuff. Um, and for the PPR, the, the one thing I'll say is, you know, if, if you think it's an on. But uh, Not a true representation of real football. That's fine. But, you know, you kind of know what it is going in. It's not like, oh, no, Andre Ellington got all these points yesterday for nine catches. Well, yeah, <laughs> he did. That's the way the scoring works. And you knew it beforehand. All right. Um, so I'm at the Rotowire um, football page. And the headline I see, it has a picture of picture Ben Roethlisberger next to the headline saying, Week 5 reactions, is this the end? And Andrew Laird writes about, um, is Ben
2: Roethlisberger basically toast? What do you think? I like when Laird has a more existential tone to his columns. So I'm kind of looking forward to reading this one. Um, I, I, think this is just part of the NFL's general problem. You have Roethlisberger, you have Eli, you have rivers, Carson Palmer's part of that same kind of group of quarterbacks. Brady and Rod and Brady's older than these guys yet. Rodgers, I think, is a, a tick younger than most of that group. But you have several quarterbacks that have been good for a long time who are aging to the point where they're not necessarily more than average anymore. They might even be below average. And you still don't feel like you have a great group of young quarterbacks coming in one for one to replace them. I, I don't I don't I don't know what to attribute that to. With Roethlisberger, yeah, I mean, he, he easily could be done. It's, it's possible. I know Mario's watched the tape and, uh, in, in detail, and he's kind of said, hey, look, he just doesn't look right. I think after yeah. last week, he said for the first time, he looked like himself. But that kind of inconsistency through five games, 6.5 YPA. Eli has done this before where he's kind of dropped below seven yards per attempt. We've never seen Roethlisberger do that. Right. So this is kind of a new low for him. I'm, think- I'm nervous about it. I don't know that I agree with you about the quarterbacks coming in behind them.
1: I'm good with them. They're different though. You know, they're they're not
2: classic passers of the football. But I well I, I like I like that there's there are more dynamic players. I mean the, the pocket passer day is like just dropping back in the pocket and not being able to get away from the pass rush doesn't work anymore. Right. You have to be able to move the pocket. You have to be able to escape the pass rush and make plays happen with your legs. And we see that with Dak. We see that with Russell Wilson. We see it with Deshaun Watson. We see it with Wentz. We see it a little bit with Alex Smith still. I mean, Alex Smith's season so far has been amazing. People have asked me about it. and I'm still... I don't know what to make of it. (laughs) I'm still a little hesitant to buy in. But at a certain point, I mean, you have to just tip your cap and say, okay, Andy Reid has found a way to scheme for alex smith that just fits his skill set really well and he's maybe he's just a lot better than we give him credit for tyrod taylor i mean that that's what i know tyrod taylor's not going to be a guy that's starting eight years from now like i i I can see that when i watch him but put some decent pass catchers around him like what would happen if he had some some good pass catchers
1: no he had sammy Watkins.
2: (laughs) yeah right sammy Watkins, like, but he's I'm I'm so frustrated with Watkins because I think I'm convinced at this point he's going to get ignored by Goff in difficult one-on-one matchups. Yeah. Because Goff's trying to avoid mistakes. Part of that could be the scheme from Sean McVay. It might be smart. It might be the right way to go. I mean, if if you don't trust Jared Goff to throw into tiny windows, don't throw it at Sammy Watkins when Richard Sherman has him, or when Patrick Peterson has him. But He gets a lot of tough matchups. I know this is something Mike Clay has written about. Dez has has, had a brutal schedule this year, but I think Sammy Watkins had the most difficult schedule on paper for any number one receiver based on the quality of the corners he's expected to go up against. Right. And Feaster Famine is probably going to be the case with him because on the handful of games where he has an easy matchup, Goff's going to go to him a lot. And when he's got tough matchups, Goff's probably going to go elsewhere to avoid costly turnovers.
1: Right and it's interesting. I have him in one league that i was- I was flexing him I got him in the fifth round at that's point i I didn't love him, but I fifth round I went oh, i mean okay if i mean if you if you're begging me to take him, I will, but now I'm looking after yesterday, I go, all right now now i got a ma- i gotta bench him based on matchup sometimes because of that situation, which I hate, and cause the day I bench him he'll go you know
2: five for one fifteen and a touchdown yeah he's uh He's a brutal player to own. He's on the, the NFFC main event team I have, and that team's starting to fall apart. It's, it's really frustrating, but it, it's still easy to see the talent. Yeah. Like, when you watch him, you can see it. But I, I think the other problem is that they don't have a great number two. Even though they've improved that team, they don't have a guy good enough on the other side to keep defenses more honest. Right. And that, that works against him. It's, it's actually worked against him his whole career. Aside from injuries and uh, inconsistent quarterback play, but injury has been it's the biggest issue. And now I just think it's it's having a, a smart coach with a quarterback that doesn't want to make mistakes, which is a good – that's a good team concept to have. It just, right. It's just bad for Sammy Watkins' fantasy value. All right. Let's go on to that game. More
1: Seahawks-Rams, uh, 16-10 Seahawks win. We got no clarity in the
2: Seahawks' backfield yesterday. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to get much. uh, And this is one of the games that because it was overlapping the Packers Cowboys game was pretty much off my radar as it happened. Okay. Um, Gurley had a a near TD. That was a fumble early. I don't know if you saw that play. I did that. That was a, a big swing. I mean, he ended up having kind of a quiet day. Otherwise, if he scores there, people are pretty happy with what he did. But Given the matchup, I've said it before. I think Seattle's defense, when I've watched them, they've looked really good against the run, even though Hyde got to them a little bit, even though DeMarco Murray ripped off a long run against them. I think they're going to finish the year as a very good run defense. What I'm impressed by with the Rams is that they were able to keep Russell Wilson from making a lot of big plays. I mean, they they lost this game, but they played it in a way where you kind of look at them and say, this defense is good. Yes. If Jared Goff keeps getting better, this could actually be a wild card team like yep. they could they could be a wild card team that hangs around in a playoff game or wins a playoff game and it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me that much based on what they're showing us right i agree
1: with you they could absolutely be a wild card team um but that we're going to know in the next few weeks so the first four weeks the schedule was i mean I know the cowboys are good uh or they're they're a decent team
2: but uh i it gets a little tougher from here for the rams so we're going to yeah, see I mean, what they, they have. they've lost the two Washington and and, and Dallas to me are pretty similar. So I would would say they they lost their toughest game yesterday. They happened to get their toughest game at home. They've split the next two and then they won their their layups. Yep.
1: Okay, everybody, buying tickets can be complicated and confusing. There's a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're planning a day out with friends, searching for a last-minute deal, or buying a gift for a loved one, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. And i get got the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. I'm actually going to shop for some Hornets tickets soon because the season's open at the NBA. I can be anywhere with just a few taps, and I can instantly find seats. This week, let's travel with people for SeatGeek. Eagles-Panthers Thursday night. We're sending people on the road, Derek. Nice. That's what we should do. All um, right. Do you want to go see Rams Jags in Jacksonville? How about that? I bet you, you know, SeatGeek, can probably get a cheap for that
2: one. <laughs> that one, you're, you're, you're going to get a sweet deal on SeatGeek. Yeah. Um, I, the- I will only go to a Jags game if, uh, if Nick Whalen invites me because he is a, he's one of our residents. We have several Jags fans in the office. By several, what? I mean like three. Oh, okay. But out of, out of our office of 20. That that is almost several. I mean, that's fifteen percent. It's kind of surprising for, for basically, South Central Wisconsin to have any Jags fans is kind of amazing. Right. I think the, I think the other travel
1: game besides Eagles Panthers Thursday Steelers at Chiefs isn't a bad one. 4, it's a great one. Four twenty five yeah. Eastern. Yeah, but, you know, if you have the SeatGeek app, like I said, just a few taps on your phone, you can have tickets to the Steelers Chiefs. And, you know, you just got to you know, get a plane ticket and get down there or drive wherever you are. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats to fit your budget. And it doesn't end with sports, SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available, too. Best of all, new users can get $20 off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code RotoNFL. That's promo code RotoNFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. They actually might, if you go to that Jags game, you might actually make money on that if you get the $20 promotional value on SeatGeek. See it live with SeatGeek. Right seat right now, right from your phone. Thanks a lot, SeatGeek. Okay, Ravens Raiders. I, I mean, Amari Cooper is dead to me. I know it was E.J. Manuel quarterback but I mean gee, I mean we're at week five and this guy is doing nothing nothing he's, he's killing you he's the big is there's no bigger bust it's pretty I don't have the ADP in front of me but it's has got, he's got to be a lock for that
2: I'm looking at the Oakland defense in this one and I'm thinking how do you not get sacks against an offensive line missing Marshall Yanda yeah but yeah I mean I, I think the oh, this is this is a this is a mess of a, a, both both of these situations right now I mean, the Ravens 222 from Flacco is amazing. I, I've got him in a two quarterback league and I'm I'm thrilled. He didn't have any TDs, though, because that's how it goes. Marshawn Lynch at least scored, but the volume wasn't really there. They ran Jalen Richard kind of a, a lot. Yeah, Lynch. I mean, he's not going to catch passes out of the backfield. Cooper only had two targets. Mm-hmm. Did he get hurt and we just don't know it yet? Like, what what's going on with that? I don't know. I mean, he he he. he.
1: Practiced last week. I mean, he had a little. He was a little banged up, but he practiced. This guy has single-digit receiving yards for three weeks in a row.
2: Yeah, it's it's bad. It's real bad. I I don't have him anywhere. I don't have any Amari Cooper. I once in a while will play him in, in daily. I I don't freak out about the red zone targets favoring Michael Crabtree. I didn't have that concern about him. I just I kept looking at him as a second rounder, and I thought. I, I think Derek Carr is okay or good, not not great. And then everybody seems to just like the Raiders' passing game more than me. Where I've been wrong about the Raiders is Lynch, because Lynch looked good those first few weeks. Right. And I, I got to look at the tape from yesterday. Again, we how do you, how do you judge guys on 12 carries a week? If someone looks great on 12 carries, we get overexcited. If they look okay, I feel like we we bury him maybe more than we should. When all along it's kind of just like well. A good game on a small number of carries. Let's see what happens next week. Right. Man, yeah. I, I am. I'm blown away, though, that that Cooper had just two targets. I mean, any, any quarterback, any backup quarterback shouldn't matter. Should be throwing the ball to Cooper at least seven or eight times a game. Right.
1: All right. So let's, let's say this week, let's say you did on Mark Cooper. This coming week, they're playing the Chargers at home. Are you looking? I mean, this
2: all depends on context of your roster, blah, blah, blah. I mean, are you kind of looking to bench him at this point? Probably not. I would hope not. I mean, if you've got great receiver depth, sure. But if I, I think in most situations, you're probably still playing him. If you're in a league where you start two receivers in those spots, it's easier to find two that you like better based on matchups, based on the quality of depth you have. Any league where you start three in a flex, I still think you have to stick with Amari Cooper. Okay. I don't know.
1: I, I got to test my rosters this week and see how that goes because i have them in i think two spots let me see where my players
2: are hold on a second so this would well, it's always easier for me when i don't own a player to tell people what they should do with that player right Understood. <laughs> i mean, it's yeah because because uh, i'm not i'm not facing the problem in a way that i can completely relate to i mean it's it's just purely hypothetical and i'm like oh if i had cooper no i'd still play him but hey hey if you say well you can throw uh I don't know what, what, what even what, what even yeah, where are you at? What what are you thinking about doing instead of Amari Cooper? I think is that's, that's the that's the real question here.
1: And I, I have to look at the I mean, the, the place I have him. I'm looking at
2: right now is is two plus a flex. Two and a flex or two and was, two flex, actually. I mean, you're not playing Jerron Brown over Amari Cooper, are you? I, I don't know. Coming off a three for thirty nine this week. I, I Cooper's
1: got one hundred and eighteen yards all year. Yeah. I mean, at one <laughs> point, at what point do you get basically the hardest part of this game is to get past the, but he's Amari Cooper and he has to get better. Probably will. But I mean, we're, we're talking, he's got 118 yards in five weeks.
2: This is one of the most bizarre seasons I can remember for a number one receiver who was drafted in the first two rounds.
1: Yeah. He not doing anything. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. What to, I, I have to. I mean, later this week when we do rankings and things, we're going to have to figure it out more. But I, I, this is just it's awful. Um, all right, Packers, Cowboys, um, Jamal Williams. Thanks for playing. We don't need you anymore. I think is fair right now. Ty Montgomery. Let's say he comes back this week. If you were a Ty Montgomery, do you have what you have? How many? What kind of Ty Montgomery shares do you have?
2: One, unfortunately. OK. I and mean, you're I like watching them
1: too. You're watching this as a Packers fan too, but you watch you're watching Aaron Jones yesterday, and if you're a Ty Montgomery owner, you're like, oh crap. <laughs>
2: yeah, a little bit because he's good. not only not only did he look good, they gave him volume. They gave him yeah. 19 carries. Like they were running him a lot. They were running him in situations where I was sure they were going to throw. Right. I mean, I was getting Wiley coyote by Mike McCarthy yesterday with the play calling, and that's that doesn't usually happen. Usually. I, I I know what McCarthy's going to do before he does it most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like it's he, he's, he's a simple guy. Like yeah, it's not he's got Aaron Rodgers. Like you kind of know what's coming. So yeah, Aaron Jones looks like the real deal. I'm a little surprised they didn't throw to him more out of the backfield. Yep. So that's that's the one little wrinkle that wasn't there yet that could be pretty tough matchup coming up in week seven. Good test for him if uh, if Montgomery's not back. How does he look against Minnesota? I think Minnesota against the run uh, will be a nice tough challenge for them and they get the saints in week seven game i'm going to nice uh, at home which should be a, a shootout awesome game the saints defense going into their bye had a couple decent games but one of those came against the, the colors so you can't you can only take so much <laughs> right. out of that man aaron jones if he's available he's number number one running back pickup by a good margin because the team he plays on and the, the fact that he seems he seems to be ahead of jamal williams now in the depth chart which wasn't the case at all prior to week four when Williams got hurt and that Montgomery, aside from this rib injury does have a pretty extensive injury history going back to his time in college. Okay. I'm looking up Aaron Jones, by the way, where are you?
1: Aaron Jones, come on Aaron Jones, where are you? Aaron does Jones he 30,
2: is 30, 35% owned. Nice. No, 57. Okay. 57. Still gettable in some places. Well, there's some leagues where you can add players like right away, yeah, which are still I don't know how those still exist. but I mean, still. All right. So 57 percent. That number is going to be ninety nine. Absolutely. After after waivers run this week, he's going to be owned pretty much everywhere except for the leagues where everybody bailed. Yep. Um. OK, moving to
1: Chiefs, Texans. I got this dead wrong. I thought the Texans were going to have a big night and that they were going to, you know, and the Chiefs were. I'm not a Chiefs hater, but. I kind of thought, all right, they're and 4-0, and this is when they come into a spot that's a tough road game with a team that's improving lately, and, you know, this is where the Chiefs take their first loss, you know, and where the Chiefs kind of come back to earth as a pretty good team but not an excellent team. Well, I mean, they just look, they just look great. They, they just – I mean, it, at this point, you look at the Chiefs, and I know they're 5-0, and and it's easy to say this, but you look at the Chiefs now and you go, all right, I mean, they're, they're the best team in the league. They are. They just, they just flat out are right now. Maybe they won't be
2: all year, but they are right now. And Yeah. Yeah. They, they might have that. And uh, look at their schedule coming up. Like they're home against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a telling week for the Steelers. After getting embarrassed with Ben playing awfully, awfully bad right. at home, can they rebound at Arrowhead no less? That's going to be a really tough test. Right. The Chiefs get the Raiders On a quick turnaround uh, Thursday for Week 7 on the road, Broncos at home coming off a bye at Dallas, at the Giants, home against the Bills, at the Jets, and they get three in a row at home. Raiders, Chargers, Dolphins late in the year Mm -hmm. at Denver uh, at Week 17. I'm looking at those matchups. I mean, I'm looking at the at Dallas as a tough one. Denver always plays them well. I, I think Denver... Week seventeen is much more of a problem in Denver, though. Right. I mean, they they could they could maybe they are a fourteen and two team. I think you're saying on Friday you don't really look at them that way, but are you starting to? Yeah. Start, starting to feel it with them where it's like, all right, like their their offense just looks like one that teams have to make a lot of adjustments to stop. And by the time they figure it out, it's going to be too late.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because Alex Smith, I'm looking at Alex Smith, and I'm going, this is it's a different guy. He's throwing downfield more, and, and it's working. And like I, he's a different. they they're just different. They're not – you come into the season, the way you looked at them, you said, all right, the defense is turnover-based. But, you know, statistically, the, part, part of my skepticism was that the defense, I, I feel like they, they're not as good as the, – the, the. if you looked at the numbers, the numbers are more average. You know what I mean? That they're mm-hmm. not that great. And then – and last night, they're going to be skewed after last night because it was all garbage time. Um, but they're they're like I, you ha, I had this image of them as you know it's like Alex Smith is a game manager and they're this conservative team and you know maybe they get by with turnovers and whatever and they're above average and they're well coached and now I mean oh my God they're good I mean they just they kicked the crap out of the te- Texans last night.
2: I may have in a best ball league this summer at some point drafted Patrick Mahomes ahead of Alex Smith as right? my third quarterback.
1: Yeah. And Alex, Oops. Smith, he's the MVP. He's week five through week week five. He's the MVP. It's crazy. Yep,
2: but it's true.
1: All right. So on the other side of that last night, so everybody reacts very quickly on Twitter to everything, and the Deshaun Deshaun Watson threw five touchdowns last night, and it's so funny. I had a guy on Twitter yesterday asked me in the morning, Wentz or Watson?" and I said Watson, and I actually wrote him back at seven o'clock, and I said, "I really hope Watson does well tonight." I like hope. I basically said. I mean, you know, that call is not going to work.
2: And it did. I'm I'm sorry, but yeah. (laughs) Right.
1: But after the game, and you and I, we've been talking for weeks. After week two, when Watson made that, it was week two when he made that big run against the Bengals on Thursday. Yeah. And I said to you, is he a top 12 quarterback now? He's worth, after after week three, absolutely top 12 quarterback. After week two, I said, he might be worth starting just because of the running ability. However, now last night after the game, I'm seeing things like, uh, Brad Evans. I don't pick on Brad. I think Brad does a great job, and I agree with him a lot. He said the only, th- I think he said, and I'll pull up the tweet in a minute. The only quarterbacks I'd
2: rather have over him the rest of the season are
1: Brady Rogers breeze.
2: And you wouldn't, you wouldn't take Russell Wilson or Matt Ryan th- over think Deshaun Watson right now. I
1: think he said Brady Rogers breeze. A couple of other people said, no, I think I might take Wilson and Dak, but that's it. I'm like, well, I, I, but think, more than that, because fantasy and reality are different with these guys. And I kept saying my my contention with Watson has been the running ability makes him a good fancy quarterback. And I think he's going to struggle as a real life quarterback. He struggled last night. Everybody was raving about how well he played. I mean, the escapability is fantastic, but what he was doing in garbage time last night, he would, he would get away from a sack and he'd look and he'd be like, I'm just going to chuck it deep. And his receivers were out jumping people. He didn't real life wise. I didn't think he played that well and i feel like people were going bonkers about how good he was and i kind of went, are, am i watching the same thing I
2: mean, yeah it's funny it's funny how people get crazy with the players like this cuz everybody wants to be the first one to be right the first people who were right about deshaun watson were people that were drafting him in july i mean like they if they were saying hey i like deshaun watson basically anybody who has him in a best ball league they was just like i think he's going to start and be useful like that that was about as much as you could win on him at the time with what we knew i don't remember anybody saying not only is he going to start week one, he's going to be awesome. Maybe people were on that limb. I didn't see or hear it. But as Watson goes, home against Cleveland week six. So hype probably goes up more. Buy in week seven. He's got an at Seattle. He's got at Rams. He's got at Baltimore. He's got at Jacksonville still on the schedule in weeks eight, 10, 12, and 15. Sprinkled in home games against the Colts in week nine, the Cardinals in week 11, the Niners in week 14, and the Steelers in week 16. It's, it's going to be a bumpy road. Cause some of those defenses are going to be really tough for him. Yep. And I know that running, that running ability, it makes quarterbacks much safer from a fantasy standpoint. Cause the 40 or 50 yards in the ground goes a long way to offset a bad game passing when they can do that. And if you're losing, you're going to run more. So it, it makes sense. I think, I think going up to like top five on Watson is very, very aggressive. I don't see it like that. I I think, if you want to say he's a top 10 quarterback or a top 12 fantasy quarterback, sure, I can, I can live with that. You want to put him ahead of, of all the, the Rivers, Eli, Dalton, all, all those guys, all those old traditional pocket passers that don't really do anything else? I get that. I totally get that. But you want to put him ahead of Wilson and Ryan? I don't, I don't quite see that. I mean, Alex Smith or Deshaun Watson? Rest of the season, you decide right now who, who's going to have more fantasy points from week six on. Watson. Okay. So still, still some, some hesitation buying into Smith completely.
1: Yeah. And Understandable. I, I, and I'm not, like I said, I don't, I'm not be, no, I like Watson. I like him better in fantasy reality. I think, I think I, the issue I had more was how well people thought the real life to Sean Watson played. I mean, he showed us a lot, like the he basically kept plays alive. And I, we'd love guys to do that, but okay. I, I'm going to go through this with you. Okay. So, Brady over Watson,
2: right? Of course, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Rodgers, yes.
2: Yeah, and Rodgers over Brady, too. Dak. Dak over Watson. Okay. Uh, Wentz. That one's pretty close to even. I like the weapons better in Philly, so I'll take Wentz. All right. Um, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Cam. Cam.
1: Carson Palmer, Rivers, stop me, Breeze, Watson, over all of except for Breeze. All right,
2: Um, Stafford. (sighs) I'm going to say on that one. That's that's a great one. That's a great toss up because they're so different too. I'll say Stafford over Watson, but man, that that I I almost have to look at Stafford's schedule and see if it lines up as tough as. Is the Watson schedule?
1: Um, Jameis.
2: Uh, J- Jameis over Watson. I, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Jameis okay. is kind of in that Carson Wentz tier right now.
1: Okay. Um, Cousins.
2: I'll take Cousins over Watson. Interesting. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. I don't get 2016 Kirk Cousins. I get 2017 Kirk Cousins. Correct. Which means I get that receiving core. And a run game that I don't really like. Ugh, I am going to actually. No, Watson over Cousins is, is something I would do. I think I'd go Watson over Stafford, too, the more I think about it. Stafford, something's up with him. Like, he's, he's chugging along with a pretty bad YPA. They're trying to run a lot. They're trying to run more. They get the Saints in Week Six, so this will be a a good week for me to look stupid. But I, yeah, I'm going Watson over Stafford. Okay, Um, Mariota. I would rather have Mariota
1: than Watson. Okay, I don't think I'm going to go any deeper than that because I think we've got it. So
2: you've got nine guys ahead of Watson. Man, I, I could see like two of those guys at least being in the same tier. Where if you if you said no, Watson, Watson's better than Mariota, I say, oh, okay, oh, okay. I, I don't, I don't think you're crazy for thinking that. I think, right. I think it's the first six or seven where I'm not willing to, to think that he's better than those guys just yet. Actually,
1: interesting. The, the one guy I was questioning, because uh, I'm different than you. I probably have six guys ahead. Of him. I, I don't, I don't agree on Mariota, Jameson, Wentz. And Russell Wilson's the interesting one to me. I mean, so again, I, so if I have seven, like I'm not, you know, completely yelling at people. But I mean, I, I just thought when people kind of just went, whoa, this is the greatest game I ever saw. But I got, it. you know, I'm exaggerating. And I kind of went, really? <laughs> OK. Anyway, because they got the they cut the snot kicked out of them. Let's not forget. Uh, OK, Vikings Bears tonight. Bradford's going to play, it looks like.
2: Yay. I have uh, Stefan Diggs. I need a lot from him to win in the stake league. So that's it's good news if you have Diggs and Thielen in particular.
1: Right. Um, The other side, uh, the Mitchell Trubisky era begins. Do you think this is a an error filled Trubisky performance or do they keep the reins pretty tight
2: on him? I think they're going to be pretty balanced. They're going to run it a lot. They'll probably dump it off to Howard and Cohen a lot and probably throw to the tight ends. The thing that works against Trubisky is just it's such a bad supporting cast in the passing game for him. They're so thin without Meredith and White. And even with Meredith and White, we look at them and say that's probably a below average group of pass catchers by a decent margin. They're way below average without those two guys. So, yeah, he might not make some of the same ugly mistakes as Mike Glennon, but I I think he's still going to be pretty limited with what he can do because of the personnel around him. Right.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm curious to see this. And 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 I think that I wonder the the guy I wonder if if who has whose life has changed more with Bradford out is Kyle Rudolph. I wonder if he sort of bounces back here.
2: I am concerned about Rudolph overall anyway, because the volume last year got pretty crazy. Uh, he did score in that Week One game against the Saints. Only had three targets though, right? Because that was that was the Diggs and Thielen show.
1: That's true. You're right. All right. Well, Vikings Bears. I'm you
2: know I'm watching Yankees, so I don't think I'm watching Vikings Bears. To be honest with you, I'll be flipping at times. It's you know it's how it goes. It's, it's playoff baseball. I I love baseball. As people on this pod know, so I'll I'll be watching both. Okay um but
1: everybody yeah if you like if you're watching vikings bears more than us send us tweets at jhopping 37 and at Van Riper. all right uh, everybody listen to this podcast and get a free 10-day rotowire trial rotowire.com slash pod no credit card required that lets you check out nearly all the features on the site check it out now rotowire.com slash pod Derek, what do we got going on this week that's gonna start helping people for week six
2: got the lineup optimizers for dfs those will be ready to go i think on tuesday for week six and then you've got uh, we've the Monday, Thursday optimizer, too. So if you're going to play in that small slate for these, these next couple days, that's on there. Jeff's value meter goes up soon. Before that, Kevin Payne's waiver wire article goes up on Tuesday morning. It's a great way to uh, kind of get started before you listen to the pod with uh, with Jake and John. So, yeah, lots of stuff up there. Ask an expert. Also good. Send us a question within twenty four hours. Get a response. Probably one of the best features on the site. So be sure to check that out as well.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, I used the optimizer yesterday. For I just decided I didn't do cash lineups this week. I got into it late, so I said, "All right, I'm going to do one like a large fields, three dollar whatever." And I told the optimizer, "I want Gallman, Jeron Brown, and Safarian Jenkins go." And I did well. I actually finished in the time. I don't know. I mean, one the the the, the top two percentile which you know it's fed me for three dollars i won 20 which is not a huge deal to make a big score but it was nice it was a really good lineup
2: that's great yeah i mean that's that's how the optimizer really should be used that's optimal use of the optimizer is to use it to find players that fit around things that you want to do Mm -hmm. please please when you play daily fantasy use your own brain first and then use tools to supplement what you feel good about to try to max out the quality of the lineup you can put together, and, and some people only need it for one spot. But I, I like using it the way you do too, where I have a couple things that I like that are cheap. It's like, all right, what should, what should I really be doing? Because it, it finds it kind of finds blind spots that I have. You know, yeah. we, as, as as analysts, I think everyone has some some biases that can work against them, and optimizers don't have that. They they just like they just like the numbers. Yep.
1: I got it told, it steered me to Beckham Brown, Dak. Dak. You know what steered me toward? Duke. Mm-hmm. It kept coming up because I would say what I do is sometimes you know, I didn't sort it right and I had the night game in it, which why I wasn't playing the night lights. So I go, oh no, that's Deshaun's got to get out. I got to put in someone else. And, you know, Dak came in and it kept, but it kept showing up Duke. Everything kept showing up Duke. And they were right. It was, it was absolutely right. I mean, you know, Duke was salary wise, Duke was 4,900. And he scored 17.3 points, which in a cash lineup is, is perfect. That
2: is what you're looking for.
1: Yep. So good job, Optimizer. Thanks. All right. Uh, if you like this podcast, everybody, we'd appreciate it if you would leave us a review and a rating. I've been seeing more ratings lately. I, I like that a lot. Thank you so much for doing it. Uh, everyone, thank you for listening to this edition of the Road to Wire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. will be back on Tuesday with Jake Latarski and lots of free agent talk, so please check back then. For Derek Van Riper. I'm John Halpin. See you next time.